I'm Josh Gordon. And I'm Leslie Gordon. We're brother and sister, but more importantly, we're unpopular people. Yeah, we've got like five friends. So what do we do as unpopular people? We sit around all day and absorb popular culture. And we started a podcast to talk about it. This is Pop Culture with Unpopular People. Welcome back to episode number four of Pop Culture with Unpopular People. I'm Josh Gordon. I'm Leslie. Gordon. (laughs) Whoa. How about that? Still the same hosts. Haven't changed. No, no. And hello to all of our new listeners out there. We're hoping that there's some new listeners this week. I think last week we were at 14 total listeners on Spotify. And this week, I just checked the stats. We're up to 18. Oh, so we actually are reaching people, especially people that we, again, don't know (laughs) because... I don't have 14 friends. No, our in, <laughs> our intro says we have five friends each. Yes. That's right. Probably. If that. <laughs> That's excluding like family. Right. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, of course. If, if family members are listening and wondering if they're part of the five. Yeah. Family excluded. Family excluded. Yes. Yeah. This one's going to be an interesting podcast because as you know, dad listens to all of our podcasts. Mom. Not so much. Yes, calling you out on the podcast, mom. Ooh, we're throwing shade at mom. Who who knows if mom will actually hear it? We'll find out, I suppose. But anyway, this I can I can just see I can just see the look on her face when <laughs> really? she does listen to this. Really, it's like the like the slightly like puckered lips. I don't know. You can't see me, but it's like the look of just not being impressed. The look we got a lot as growing up. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Going into the childhood memories now, are we? Is this not therapy? No, 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 not (laughs) at all. Wrong Zoom call. Wrong Zoom call. (laughs) Right. This is pop culture with unpopular people. Oh, right. Anyways, the reason I discuss our parents is because this is a topic that our dad is absolutely obsessed with, which is very funny because... For the longest time, there was two books on our bookshelf upstairs. And I don't know if you remember this, Leslie, but they were the first two books of this series that we're about to talk about. And dad refused to read them. He's like, nah, not for me. And now he's absolutely obsessed with the series. He said, this series is going to be a bust, not going anywhere. Right. Something like that. Yes, exactly. And uh, he was wrong. It's one of the most couldn't be more wrong. It's one of the most popular series out there in in terms of franchises. And like you know what it is, obviously, by the title of this uh podcast. If you clicked on it and you hit hit stream or whatever, you know what we're about to talk about. But Leslie, why don't you tell the viewers slash listeners? I said that a couple times last time too. I I call that our listeners viewers, but uh, why don't you tell our listeners what this week's topic is i could tell but i could also do the little jingle oh please do that's very good uh for those of you who don't know and cannot read not sure if that applies to any of our listeners, but it's a possibility. That's the theme to Harry Potter. Yes. Composed by John Williams. 
Oh my gosh, you went into that much research. I can already tell you did more research than I did. Well, John Williams was the composer on the first three Harry Potter movies. Mm -hmm. And John Williams is known for a lot of famous soundtracks. Obviously, Mm -hmm. he did Star Wars. Yes. And Indiana Jones. Did he do Pirates of the Caribbean too? No, he did not. Uh, Hans Zimmer did Pirates of the Caribbean. yes. Yes. So... Harry Potter, Leslie, what is your first memory of Harry Potter growing up? It's pretty hard because when we were growing up, I was a little bit too young to start seeing the movies when they first came out. That's right. Um, I, rem- I remember specifically mom and I going to the movies go- and, and yeah. then being like, mom and dad being like, yes, Leslie, you can't see this movie. You're too young. Yes. It's too specific- scary specifically to that movie it was the goblet of fire I remember really well that you and mom decided to see and I remember that you went out to see it on New Year's Eve I don't even remember that I remember that because I was like well I'm gonna plan a New Year's Eve party when you go (laughs) go to see Harry Potter I see the New Year's Eve party was a big thing in our household Oh, they were iconic. Like they were, (laughs) we would all just come into, apparently we couldn't have the whole house for the party. It would be in my bedroom. And I'd be like, let's play basketball. Let's do a bubblegum chewing, blowing contest, whatever. Mm -hmm. And there always had to be balloons and glow sticks. Yes, of course. Like any good New Year's Eve party. Yes. Yeah. I was throwing ragers at the... (laughs) age of age of six (laughs) yes uh yeah that's funny I don't remember that I remember it becoming somewhat of a tradition that mom and I would go to movies the Harry Potter movies specifically and I remember she's still listening I right exactly (laughs) mom it was a great time yes we love you mom yes mom we love you very much (laughs) and I specifically remember going all the way up to Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. I think we might have seen Deathly Hollows Part 1 together too, but I can't remember because I remember I remember the end, ending to Deathly Hollows Part 1 yeah. and then being like, "Oh, right, they finally set up the the second part. The second part's going to be so mm-hmm. awesome." I do remember that. I don't remember seeing Deathly Hollows Part 2 in the movie theater. I just don't. Okay. I remember I can't remember if I saw it was either Deathly Hollows 1 or Deathly Hollows 2 that I saw twice in movie theaters, but I can't remember which one it was. Right. I remember going to go see Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince with mom. And that's the one where everyone is very hormonal. And they want everyone wants to be boyfriend and girlfriend with each other. Wasn't that not in Goblet of Fire? I would say they were hormonal then. And they also had the long hair. Goblet of Fire was a long hair movie. Right. But maybe maybe it's just my age then, where it's like, this is so uncomfortable watching this with my mom. <laughs> uh, I guess I don't so. Know. I mean, there is some relationship starting in Goblet of Fire. Definitely. Anyway, Leslie, before we get too far into our discussion about all things Harry Potter... Why don't we do our top five list of the week? Woo! Oh, you're adding of the week and a woo too. And a woo. Yeah. But this is not our set jingle. No, no, not at all. 
we're, we're experimenting every week. It reminds me of uh, when the Toronto Blue Jays clinched a uh, playoff spot last year and they're all on the mound in Buffalo and Caleb Joseph goes, can I get a two claps and a Ric Flair? Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Woo! Anyway, Leslie, this week's top five list mm-hmm. brought to you by the good people at the top five list. That's what we should aim for. If we're reaching out to people to sponsor us, sponsor our top five of the week. Definitely. Definitely. That's That's our signature thing. Yes, absolutely. And it's in every episode and it's Mm -hmm. pretty much first off. So the Mm -hmm. viewers, I said it again, the listeners are bound to hear it. We haven't lost people at this point yet. So. Well, that's that's debatable. That's debatable. Mom, you still there? (laughs) (laughs) All right. So this week's top five list is about our favorite Harry Potter characters. But, but, but what's the exception there, Leslie? Not Harry, Ron, or Hermione. I see. I think our, I wonder if our top five is, so usually our top five list is pretty similar, but there's so many characters to choose from that I wonder if we're going to be somewhat similar or just completely Nah, I'm Different. a base. I'm a basic bitch, so I chose. Oh, all the, giving all the... us the E early on. Yes, uh, I'm. I uh, I'm going with uh, your standard characters here. Not nothing okay. too too complicated. Okay. okay. But I don't know. I I don't know if you did that or not. Why don't you read me your top five list, Leslie? Okay. Well, first we're we're gonna have an honorable mention. I, I'll do that one at the end. Deal. Okay. Maybe you should do or should the. Start off with it. No, maybe you should do the watch mojo thing where you go through the five, four, three, two. And before you reveal number one, you have to go through okay. the honorable mentions. Okay. That, yes. Thank you, watch mojo for, for uh, telling us how to format an episode. This top, five, top five list. This top five list sponsored by watch mojo. Not actually, but you know, if you want to sponsor us, please do, you know, we're, we're big on lists. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Okay. We didn't steal it from you. No, we didn't steal it from you. Lists are non-proprietary. Yeah, true. Yes, you can't sue us. Please don't sue us. (laughs) Uh, Number five is Neville Longbottom. Number four is Draco Malfoy. Number three, Sirius Black. Number two, Dumbledore. And number one, oh, nope. Got to do my honorable honorable mention. Honorable mention goes out to Dobby. (laughs) Dobby the house elf. Dobby is a free elf. Harry Potter. Yeah, that's very good. <laughs> is it actually? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I was quite impressed. Harry Potter is my friend. <laughs> it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Master has given Dobby a sock. <laughs> This is my new party trick. Yeah, it, I, I'm actually quite impressed by it. Bobby is a free elf. All right. Who's who's number one then? Okay, number one. Now I don't know if I can top that. Number one is Severus Snape. Severus Snape, number one. Yes. Really? Yes. Mm, that's very, interesting. Yes. Are we similar or are we like way off? We're similar but kind of almost in reverse order, sort of. Okay. My, 
my top isn't on your list interesting yeah but your top is the bottom of my list so coming in for number five for me is dumbledore and number four severus snape okay yeah number three is dobby (laughs) but number two i have luna lovegood oh okay yeah now i'm a big luna lovegood fan just because of the portrayal in the movies yeah she's very quirky i i I wrote down her name it's ivana lynch and i have a fast fact here about her okay did you know that not only did she play that character extremely well but some of the costume jewelry that luna wore was made by her yes yes i did know that was that in your research notes? That was in my research notes. It wasn't in my notes of stuff that I was going to mention, but it was, I did read that through my research. It, it's really interesting to me because I don't know how often that happens in Hollywood that people are able to contribute like that. I know, it, I know there's some places where you go in Hollywood and if you want to, like, for instance, contribute a story and you work on the set, they'll be like, no, go do your own thing. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> do your own job. Like we don't pay yeah. you to do that stuff. So I wonder if it's very interesting. I wonder too, if it was a thing that they did because the actress was relatively young at the time. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, do you have any guesses as to what my number one is? Is it Neville? It is not Neville. Um, good or bad? He's definitely a good character. He is a good character. I would say that he's a lovable giant. Oh, Hagrid. Hagrid, yeah, absolutely. Definitely my favorite character in the Harry Potter universe. Minus Harry, Ron, and Hermione, of course. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I, I have a fact that Please. I wanted to throw in. Yes. My, my top pick was Snape. Yes, um, played by Alan Rickman. Great job. One of the facts that I saw is that actually J.K. Rowling used to tell um, Alan Rickman specific things about where the character was going to go and what he was kind of end up with before the books were finished so that she could, or that Alan Rickman can kind of like portray Snape in the way that, you know, actually really did care about Harry. And that actually led to some you know, a little bit of arguing on set between Alan Rickman and the director because the director wouldn't understand why Alan Rickman was portraying Snape a certain way. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I remember reading the very first or the, the very first line, I think it was in the second chapter of the um, Half-Blood Prince. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just remember it being very early on in the book where it was like Snape is going to, has betrayed Dumbledore and has killed Dumbledore. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh my God. I remember that. Like, mm-hmm. and I remember running downstairs and I was like, mom, guess what happened in the book? Because <laughs> mom hadn't read it at that point. And Did I think- you tell mom, her? I think mom, mom told me not to spoil it. But I, I think mom is, is super good at this stuff where she'll just be like, yeah, I know what's going to happen, <laughs> right? Yeah. And just somehow pull it out of thin air. And you're like, how in the world did you know that? 
Yeah. That's really interesting, though, about Alan Rickman, of course, like great actor, mm-hmm. um, was in a lot of good movies. Uh, Die Hard, specifically, uh, is the classic. Um, love Actually. Love Actually. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the space one. Galaxy Quest. There we go. <laughs> Galaxy Quest with Tim mm-hmm. Allen, the best Star Trek movie ever made. What? It's a it's it's a spinoff, or it's not a spinoff. It's a spoof on Star Trek. So, oh, okay. So, uh, Jonathan Frakes, who played Commander Riker in Star Trek: The Next Generation, called it the greatest Star Trek movie of all time. Oh. Um, we met Jonathan Frakes once. We did. Yes, a lovely guy. Very yes. nice. Right. Maybe he'll come on this podcast one day. I know. I told him that I like the memes that he's in, so he better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he he, and I remember his reaction too, because it was very clear that you you were the very first person to bring that up to him yes. on the day, and he's like, "Oh yeah, great! I'm so glad you're talking about this. Like, let's talk about yes, this. like very like an original thought, right? Exactly. Because okay, so this was at Fan Expo, and you know, when we go there, I'm not which is the Comic Con of Canada, yes. basically. So I'm not big on having like those conversations about a specific series. I'm just going to go up to someone and ask them, you know what? I like the memes that you're in. (laughs) There was another time we were standing kind of outside of the line to meet one of the celebrity. (laughs) Then the person, you know, someone, a volunteer at VNX said, oh, do you want to go meet her? And I just looked at her and I said, I have no idea who that is. (laughs) So no. (laughs) Yeah, it's very funny. Those conventions yes. are a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just, it's one of those things. And like a lot of Harry Potter stars have shown up to conventions over the years. Oh yeah. And it's just one of those things that you got to wonder, like what is going to happen with these conventions in the months and years to come in this COVID pandemic world. Uh, anyway, we've gotten a little bit of, a little bit off track there. Uh, yes. Just talking about uh, Alan Rickman, but you're right. I did read I, I did read that uh, J.K. Rowling kind of tipped him off about what was going to happen. So that's very cool indeed. Were you surprised that Draco was on my list? Yeah, I am kind of surprised <laughs> that Draco is on your list. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not a big fan of the Malfoys. Okay, no, the Malfoys were god awful. But Draco in the earlier movies was a complete asshole. There's, right. there's, there's no denying that, but like, as, um, the movies got, you know, developed and later on, I thought that the way Draco was portrayed is that you kind of feel, you start to feel sorry for him. Like he was just a product of what he grew up in. It doesn't necessarily mean, I don't, I believe the way that Draco was portrayed, he had no intentions of wanting to go down any of those paths and he went down, you know, with, with Voldemort and. Right. He was kind of the innocent victim. Yes. Yeah. And I thought that was really, you know, well portrayed. And it's interesting because obviously one of the reasons why he goes down that route is because of his father. Yeah. Played by Jason Isaacs. And arguably his aunt Bellatrix. Yep, definitely. And so there's a lot of, negative father characters in Harry Potter and uh, like Harry Potter is raised by his uncle who is 
just not very nice to him, for example. But one of the reasons that J.K. Rowling decided to keep Ron Weasley's dad was because he was a good father figure. Because originally, Mm -hmm. J.K. Rowling had a list of characters that she'd want to kill off. Yes. And Arthur Weasley was on that list. And then he was supposed to die in the fifth book. Yes. Yeah. But she changed her mind because he was such a good father figure character. Mm Mm-hmm. And so you do still get the sense that he almost died, though, because that was the book and movie where Harry has these like visions. Correct. Am I thinking of the right one of like where they're at the Ministry of Magic and then he's getting attacked. So it's like an almost. But then she's like, nah, let's kill off Sirius instead. I guess let's let's backtrack a little bit here and go back all the way to the very first Harry Potter novel. Yes. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Oh, dep- I have a fact about that. I think I know what this fact is going to be. Is this the fact that it was changed? The Philosopher's Stone was changed in the US and India by Scholastic because they thought children wouldn't understand what Philosopher's Stone would mean. Interesting. Yes, and so they did Sorcerer's Stones because that's kind of more like wizardry. Right. Mm -hmm. Did did you know what title that they were debating? Oh, I read that and and it was something that sounded so bad. In the School of Magic or something? That's right. Harry Potter Potter. and the School of Magic is what what Scholastic first, first suggested as an alternative title. Reminds me too much of Magic School Bus. Interesting. We might have to talk about that one on a future podcast. Oh my gosh. A whole hour long podcast dedicated to the magic school bus. Definitely. I thought about doing one on Arthur too. Maybe we just have to do that hour TVO kids block. Yeah, we did Disney Channel. So what's what's stopping us from TVO kids? Absolutely. So the very first novel came out June 26, 1997. You were one. I was exposing me i fit it in (laughs) exposing my age okay technically you actually weren't even a year old yeah that is true i was gonna say not not quite there but because i revealed it last episode i thought that uh we'd we'd throw it in here Mm, okay so so you don't remember and then chamber of secrets came out a couple years after that and like i referenced before those books sat on our bookshelf upstairs in the living room for ages and ages and ages and I remember looking at them and looking at them and looking at them and dad saying no those books are no good you don't want to read them (laughs) what a waste of time (laughs) and then finally I remember I remember picking them up and then I read the first the second the third and the fourth and I think by the time I got to the order of phoenix that was the time when those books hadn't been released yet. So I think it was yeah. Order of Phoenix, Half-Blood Prince, Deathly Hollows. I remember specifically when Deathly Hollows came, or sorry, not Deathly Hollows, Half-Blood Prince came out because uh, we were on our way back from a Toronto Blue Jays game. Yes. And I was like begging and pleading mom and dad the entire time on the way home saying, 
the book's released today at midnight. There's a, there's going to mm-hmm. be a lineup. Can we go line up? Can we go line up? Please, mm-hmm. please, 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 please. I really want to read the new book. And the answer was no. We did drive by though. We did drive by. Yes, we did drive by chapters. Yeah. And I, th- I think there was a line. Yeah. It w- well, I think, wasn't it like a release party inside or something? Didn't they That's decorate right. it? That's right. But yeah, yeah. So people were allowed inside and there was probably a line, but. No, yep. people were pretty excited and you know what it was fun speaking of like release parties it was fun when they did when they came out in the movie theaters because the movie theater would always you know decorate for the harry potter movies as well yeah definitely fun. yeah so finally uh when i got onto the mom read them short shortly thereafter or around the same time that i read them and then and then dad, I, I think dad finally got onto them and read them. Or I don't know if dad actually ever read them or if he just saw the movies. I don't know. Okay, so I don't know. But personally, I only remember reading Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows, And maybe The Philosopher's Stone. But I, I, didn't, I for sure did not read all of them. You didn't read all of them? No. Oh, wow. <laughs> I read that... the later ones. I read them before the movie came out. That's really interesting. I, did, I had no idea that you hadn't read them. Mm-hmm. That's wow. You've kind of baffled me there. <laughs> so out of, out of all of them, then this kind of, this kind of changes my line of questioning, but I might as well say it out of all of them, which one's your favorite? Yeah. I've thought about this for so long. Cause I knew this is going to be a question. I really like the prisoner of Azkaban, but I also really like chamber of secrets. Really? You're a Chamber of Secrets fan? Yes. And uh, this may be a very unpopular opinion. I did not like Deathly Hollows Part 1. Part 2 was so much better. I think there was too much hype. And I find that, you know, with books that are split into two movies, the second one's always better. Because even with... Twilight Breaking Dawn and then the I forget what the last one of the Hunger Games ones it was always the second one that was better because the way books are set up is that you have you know the climax of your book towards the middle end end ish so you spend all this time um, you know trying to um, set up the climax of the movie when the climax doesn't actually happen in the first movie. So it's just pretty boring. You're right. It's very interesting that way. It's a lot of table setting. Yeah. Right? And of course they do it because it's all about money. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you say that it might be an unpopular opinion because you're actually incorrect about that. Oh. Harry Potter Deathly Hollows part one is the lowest rated Harry Potter movie on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, because it's boring. Do you know what the highest rated movie is? I'll just tell you. It's part two. Part two? Okay. Well, because part two is so much better and you have so much more action. Exactly right. It's very interesting for sure that that you draw that parallel. Because you asked, you which you didn't, uh, my, favorite <laughs> is, my favorite is also Prisoner of Azkaban. And I'll tell mm-hmm. you why. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is the movie that translates the best from the book. I feel like basically everything that was in the book 
that was relevant in the book got put into that movie. And it was directed by Alfonso Cuaron, who went on to direct, you know, big movies like Gravity, uh, Mm -hmm. won a couple Academy Awards, right? Mm -hmm. So I just found it to be a really, really, really good movie and a really good representation. And then, of course, afterwards, you notice that the series gets more and more popular and the books get thicker and thicker and thicker. Mm -hmm. I always wondered if that was editors being like, oh, we can't mess with J.K. Rowling's work anymore because mm-hmm. her work just turns into gold or whether or not it was an actual attempt by J.K. Rowling to make the books longer. I don't know. Yeah, I really no. don't. But I just I just found that Prisoner of Azkaban was the last real good one that was nicely, nice, real, succinct story and that you're mm-hmm. able to follow it really perfectly, you know, kind of followed that traditional storyline where the other ones you kind of it's it's more universe based right Mm -hmm. so you're saying you didn't your prisoner of azkaban wasn't your favorite movie because it's first movie they ditched the robes (laughs) no i didn't even think about that at all that's another weird fun fact (laughs) i i wouldn't have even known that honestly that's Mm -hmm. uh that's kind of interesting yes uh, while we're on fun facts, Leslie, do you know how many times they applied Harry Potter's scar to Daniel Radcliffe's face? Again, something I looked up, but didn't write down. <laughs> so the number that I saw was 5,800 times over the okay, course of eight that films, sounds right. which now, is in- incredible. Another fun fact. Do you know how many pairs of glasses they went through? I don't know. So in the entire series, they went through 160 pairs of glasses. And in the Chamber of Secrets specifically, do you know how many cars they went through for the flying car and the weeping willow scene? Not a clue. 14. (laughs) 14 14 cars to destroy. (laughs) Interesting. And one of my other favorite weird facts of the first movies is that when obviously they were pretty young when they first started. So the, they actually had to do casts of their teeth so that, you know, at that age, they're losing teeth so that if they did lose one on set, they could do a mold of a tooth to put it in, in, in its place. Very interesting. I didn't yes. know that either. Such a weird fact, though. Yeah, because they started when they were 10 years old. Right. I heard that Daniel Radcliffe was discovered at a play and the producers or somebody were there who were doing the film and they basically begged this this kid to audition or or begged his parents. They said, he's going to be perfect for this role. Mm-hmm. You have to let him audition for Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard that story, but I, I, I believe it. <laughs> right. Now, one of the things about the later Harry Potter movies is, of course, they become more character-based and it became harder and harder to put everything that was in the books because they became more and more lengthy. Mm -hmm. Um, J.K. Rowling has come out and said that she was definitely okay with this and that she understood that, you know, you can't include everything, Mm -hmm. right? Now, do you think that those later movies suffer because of it obviously i feel like deathly hollow 
suffers because it's split. It's so long that it's split into two movies, one good and one bad. Right. It's been so long since I've actually read like Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows, trying to remember everything. But I th- still think like the movies are are good. I feel like almost any series that you have, book series, it's not going to be the exact same as when you see the movie. I think that's just naturally going to happen. Right. So I don't know if they would, besides the Deathly Hollows being too long for one movie, I actually, I don't know. I'm, maybe this is the unpopular opinion. I would have just done one whole movie, keep it the same length, you know? We've done Titanic pretty long, Lord of the Rings pretty long. Just keep it all in one long movie. People can sit through it. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely definitely an option for sure. The only reason I asked the question is because, again, Harry Potter's biggest fan, Dad, says that the Harry Potter movies in the end suck because Daniel Radcliffe and Rupert Grint specifically uh, have a hard time acting. They try too hard is what oh, Dad yes. would say. Yes. Yeah. They're not known for their acting or the movies at the end. I still enjoy them. Like they are Oscar movies, but they're still good to watch and good to enjoy. Cause I think you like the storyline more than you like kind of the acting, I guess you watch it. You watch it cause you're not watching for like an Oscar worthy performance. You're watching to see how, what happens to these characters that you've yeah. been following for years. Definitely. Definitely. I completely agree with that. I don't think that the later mov- movies suffer because of a, a lack of acting. I think that it's, it's again, what we just talked about is that it's, it's so much, it's hard to choose that specific path. Mm-hmm. Right. Now I want to backtrack again here because I have another interesting fast fact. Did you know that JK Rowling wrote the house names Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, Ravenclaw, and Slytherin on an airplane barf bag. No. When but she... where, where are you finding these facts? Because you're looking at facts I haven't seen, and all I could see was repeat of facts and facts and facts. That is the rumor that she wrote the names of those houses down on an airplane barf bag. And uh, you know, I guess when, it, when I, creativity I, strikes, you got to write it down. Absolutely. So do you know the the quote unquote values of the four houses? I only know one. And the yeah. reason I only know one is because Pottermore, it used to be called Pottermore, was the f- official fan, fan page, fan club of Harry Potter. It's now changed to the Wizarding World, which is the fan club name. But I only know one. And it's the one of the house that I belong to. You belong to a house. I do. I did the uh, then Pottermore official Harry Potter quiz, sorting hat quiz. So I am, drum roll please. <laughs> Josh is going to be like, of course you are. I'm Slytherin. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I was, was, <laughs> was going to 100% say that. Yes, I, I'm Slytherin, but they're known not because, not for, sure, sure, there were some, you know, bad people a part of that house, but you know, you also have Snape, who turned out to be good. That's right. Technically, Harry Potter was supposed to be 
Right. Um, but yes, so Slytherin is known for being resourceful. They have determination, pride, cunning, and ambitious. So those are some of the traits of being in Slytherin. So Gryffindor is bravery, helping others, and chivalry. Hufflepuff is hard work, patience, loyalty, and fair play. Ravenclaw is intelligence, knowledge, planning ahead, and wit. So I haven't done the Pottermore slash Wizarding World thing where you're sorted into a house. Boo. But given what you just heard out of all those things, what house do you think I fit into? What was Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff is hard work, patience, loyalty, and fair play. Okay. And what was Ravenclaw? Intelligence, knowledge, planning ahead, and wit. You're between Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Yeah, see, I, I just want to be Gryffindor because that's where Harry Everyone Potter is. Everyone just wants to be Gryffindor. But when I read those traits right, right now, I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely a Hufflepuff or a Ravenclaw. <laughs> yeah. So when I was in grade six, near the end of grade six, we did do Harry Potter and like the houses. And I remember like the people that were in Gryffindor thought they were top shit. That's totally right. And I was so frustrated that I, I then was not Slytherin. I was Ravenclaw. You Ravenclaw? Uh, not, yeah. Intelligence, knowledge, planning ahead and wit? I, I am funny as fuck. <laughs> I am smart. Is that the first F-drom? F-bomb? <laughs> Clearly you're not Ravenclaw. Intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. F-bomb? Yeah, I I th- is that the first F bomb dropped on the podcast? Probably. Funny AF. Um yeah, I would I I would say I'm probably a Hufflepuff. Yeah. Don't Slytherin's mine. Don't don't come join me. No, yeah, you <laughs> that's can have, a, that's a very Slytherin attitude, isn't you, it? You can have Slytherin all to yourself. Who's in Hufflepuff? I, I almost said Luna, but she's definitely Gryffindor, right? Or no, or Ravenclaw. I don't know. Something tells me Luna isn't Gryffindor. I don't know why. Luna, Luna's in Gryffindor. Okay. Gryffindor. Okay. Who's Cho? Yeah. Cho, she's in Hufflepuff, right? Ravenclaw. I don't know. Only the minor characters are Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw. Yeah, I don't I don't really remember to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, the str- the struggle is real to uh remember those minor characters. Yep. Sorry, minor characters didn't make our top five list. No. So let's talk about a little bit of the different villains. Okay. Because Stephen King prolific horror writer said that Dolores Umbridge was one of the greatest villains of all time. She was awful. No one liked, well, obviously no one liked her, but she, oh, strong feelings about Dolores. (laughs) She tortured the children, not just punished, tortured, not, it wasn't discipline. It was torture. 
writing like uh, I do not tell lies or I must not tell lies and then having it etched in your skin like that's disgusting and oh, you just hated her and the fact that she acted like she was like this nice innocent lady with her stupid cats no we're not buying it Dolores right no yeah it, it's interesting I hated her as a character mm-hmm. absolutely hated her so was there a different villain that you preferred? I mean, other than Voldemort, obviously. Gilroy Lockhart was, he was the one in the Chamber of Secrets, the Defense Against Dark Arts teacher, obviously. He was just annoying and he was evil that he would take credit for other people's, you know, hero stories by erasing their memory and retelling it like, ugh. And then he clearly didn't know anything, especially when the, the, the little pixies or whatever in the second movie where he releases them all into the classroom and they aren't able to get them all together again. Mm-hmm. And he just runs off. I didn't like him either. Yeah, there, there, there's a, a lot of bad characters, obviously. That Bellatrix is pretty bad. Definitely. Definitely. Killing Neville Longbottom's parents. I was I was a big Bellatrix fan. Fan, you liked her? Yeah. She was she was she was really well portrayed. Yeah. And I probably would say that she was probably the first actress that I remembered from the movies by name other than the big 3 of course. Mhm. One of the fa- one of the best lines in the Harry Potter series though comes from a battle between Mrs. Weasley and Bellatrix Lestrange. Do you know where I'm going with this? I do know where you're going with it. (laughs) And then Bellatrix is going after Ginny. And then Mrs. Weasley's like, not my daughter, you bitch. (laughs) That's right. Great line. And it was great because the delivery of it was great, but it was also something you didn't expect to come out of the mouth of Miss Wholesome, Mrs. Weasley. That's right. I can't remember if that was after one of the brothers died. It's hard to say. They all blend together um, after a while. I know. I can't remember because it's definitely, they both happen in the second movie, Deathly Hollow. I don't know. Regardless. Great line. Great delivery. A, a very, a very good line. A very good delivery. The second time in this podcast that you've come out and had a great line. First was Dobby and now uh and Bob. now and now uh, Mrs. Weasley with uh Harry Potter cannot go back to Hogwarts. Right? So <laughs> did you know that altogether? The Harry Potter books have been translated into 80 different languages. Oh, I did not. What do you think that has done to Harry Potter just as a pop culture phenomenon? Worldwide success worldwide. Everyone's no matter where you go, someone will understand of what, who Harry Potter is and what those books are. And, you know, like they've, not that this is worldwide, but like in the States, they have Harry Potter World at Universal uh, theme park. 
So it's just become like, it's so much bigger than a book series. So much bigger. You know, the movies, the memorabilia that you can get, it's, and it's still popular. You know, the last movie came out 10 years ago, if you believe it or not, it came out in 2011. Hard to believe. Yeah, the first movie came out 20 years ago. So, and it's still as popular now as it was, you know, when they first came out. It is crazy to believe that it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you want to know a fun fact of the first movie? Please. Harry Potter never says a spell in the first movie. Really? Really. <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, no, I looked that up and they're like, yeah, Harry Potter doesn't say anything. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Huh. Because it's all Hermione in the first movie, especially when they go to, you know, um, get the uh, Philosopher's Stone from Professor (laughs) What's-His-Face. Hermione was the smart character. She was the one that was, you know, getting them through all like the you know, unlocking the door and the different challenges or obstacles that they were going to overcome. Mm -hmm. Yes. Harry Potter was not much of a wizard. (laughs) the first movie. Right. Exactly. And he, he grows into that role as the, you know, the movies go on and on and on. And of course he's got the, you know, the famous moment where he go, where he's finally able to develop the Patronum and goes expecto Patronum. Right. Oh, that was pretty good. So yeah, that, that was definitely a a big, a big, uh, a big moment in the movies as well. Out of all of the characters, the main characters, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, which one sticks out to you as your favorite? Hermione. (laughs) I'm not like, yeah, part of it is because I'm a girl and that she was kind of, I guess somewhat groundbreaking in the sense that out of a group of two guys and one girl, she was the most, she was the most intelligent of the three. Definitely. Which I think, I think is kind of unusual Mm -hmm. still to this day. She's the most rational out of the three. And she's, you know, you could say Harry's the best wizard. But Hermione probably is too. I honestly think that Hermione is probably okay, a better wizard okay. than Harry. I, I didn't want to step on toes. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But yes, so she, she, she's probably like my favorite. No, you're totally right. I think that Hermione is the best character. And I don't think it's any coincidence that Emma Watson has gone on to huge success after mm-hmm. her Harry Potter career where the other two have kind of, I don't want to say stagnated. Plateau. Yeah. Daniel Radcliffe does do some stuff, but I haven't. Yeah. Seen, he does I, a lot of theater. Right. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of Rupert Grint around in a while. He Other was than in, that, in Ed, Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's music video. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Lego house. Um, so one of the other facts about those three characters is that in, I forget which movie it is, but when one of the movies, the director asks Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson to write essays about their characters as homework to see if they can understand their characters. I've heard this story. So Emma Watson did about a 25-page essay 
Daniel Radcliffe, modest, maybe five pages. Rupert Grint didn't do any, anything. And if you kind of look at it, it's the way their characters would have done it. Hermione would have overachieved. Harry would have, you know, done it. That you know, was expected of him. Expected. And then Ron wouldn't. And that's what Rupert Grint said. He said, I didn't do it because Ron wouldn't do it. So it's kind of they understood their characters enough to, you know, accurately portray them. That's really interesting. Essays. I didn't know that story. Like I, mm-hmm. I did hear, I've heard of it before, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. that Rupert Grant didn't do it at all. Yes. We're dropping a lot of fast facts on this podcast. I know. You know, <laughs> fun fact, the, you know, Crab of Crab and Goyle? Yes. Malfoy's yeah. friends? Yes. Crab, Crab got fired. That's why he's not in the later movies. He got fired. I did not know that either. Why did he get he, fired? For growing illegal substances. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> yes. I see, I see. <laughs> yes, so then he was replaced. People were like, where'd he go? Well, he got fired. Right. And the last, the last what fact I did write down was that Russian lawyers, Russian lawyers, this group, wanted to sue the Harry Potter series, J.K. Rowling and Universal, because they thought Dobby was made to look like Vladimir Putin. Oh, why does that not surprise me? <laughs> I don't have anything to say to that. Dobby is a free elf. It's, it's like the how the i think it's in china they banned winnie the pooh because because <laughs> they say that winnie the pooh looks like their leader too much well <laughs> i re- i think it's china i'm not 100 percent sure Some but it, it, it's that, one of those things that's on john, last week tonight with john oliver all the time we're, we're gonna get banned in china and russia very quickly with the way this is going it's definitely a possibility huh that's if we really have any listeners from china and russia let us know in the comments I don't know if we do, but traffic to my website, a lot of it's from China. So <laughs> just saying. I have more fast facts. I lied. I thought I, I didn't have any more facts. Let's drop the fast facts here. Okay. The Deathly Hallows movie, the first one, the scene with seven Harrys took over 90 shots. That's a lot of shots. To film. Yes. I can only imagine how much time that took. Yeah, I would have been annoyed. <laughs> and jk rowling was offered the role of lily potter i did not know that either mm-hmm, but she said no i know that jk rowling really wanted uh lily potter to resemble harry potter mm-hmm. and that was very important to her and so i believe in the books harry potter is described as having green eyes yes and daniel radcliffe does not have green eyes Mm-hmm. So the producers of the movie at the time tried very hard to get Daniel Radcliffe's eyes to look green, except for the fact that Daniel Radcliffe had some sort of allergic reaction or something mm-hmm. to that, to the contact lenses. Mm-hmm. So when casting Lily Potter, that was kind of a stipulation that J.K. Rowling said, as long as the eyes match between between Harry and Lily, that's all I really care about. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that you bring up that J.K. Rowling was almost cast as Lily Potter. 
I think one of the things that we have to talk about because it's so controversial is the ending. Oh. 19 years later. The 19 years later, I feel like that was a way for J.K. Rowling to say, this is it, there's no more. I would completely agree with that assessment. Because sure, you could go back and do like what happened between these 19, but they're older now. All the actors are older now, so there's no point of going on. It's all, it's basically saying, here's the characters, they have their happy ending. That's it. We're not, we're not going to have like another, a new villain pop up or the return of Voldemort. It's just over. Exactly. I would agree with you. But is it a happy ending? Because Harry Potter and Hermione don't end up together. (laughs) Oh, the controversy of they don't end up together. So they shouldn't have ended up with each other. None of them should have. That's my opinion. They all should have had their own person. That was not part of their three. I would probably agree with that. Because does do Ron and Hermione make sense? Not really. <laughs> right. I would, I would definitely agree Ron and Hermione do not make sense. Not really. Hermione and Harry made a little bit more sense, but still not a whole lot. Regardless, somebody has to be the third wheel. Yes. And, and that's why- just awkward AF. Yeah. So then... <laughs> married your friend's sister <laughs> right so when when things get awkward just between, marry your friend's sister between your two best friends marry one of their sisters yeah i think that's a bad idea like a big fuck you <laughs> but i think that it was probably one of those things where jk rowling said i have to end it somehow and this is just, you know, your stereotypical... It's the easy way out. Exactly right. It's the easy way out. It's the stereotypical way of ending a book that they're, they all live happily ever after. They all found a person. And it can't just be some random. It has to be somebody involved in the universe. Mm-hmm. So... And it also couldn't be, it was all a dream. Right, exactly. We're not, we're not going Bob Newhart. Or we're not going, <laughs> we all end up in jail. They all end up in Azkaban. <laughs> Yeah, right. Okay. Seinfeld. <laughs> right. That would be something. I, I think a lot of people would be upset and angry with that. Yeah. Or just fades. Could it have faded to black? Could it have like the Sopranos? Could it, yes. Could it have done a Sopranos where everyone thought their cable went out? So so like you got the Do you think you, it should got, have ended? You got that special effect with uh with with um Voldemort and Harry battling and you don't know who's going to win and then all of a sudden it just goes black. Done. Black. black. The spinny top thingy is still spinning. <laughs> Inception. Inception, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it was more of so before that 19 years later is the scene where they're just standing on the bridge at That's Hogwarts. Right. Yep. After everything's done Harry tosses the Elder Wand. Breaks it. Yeah, breaks it. Basically says no one deserves to have this much power. Do you think it should have ended there? Yeah, that's probably... that's probably That could have been a good ending. That's probably a fair point. Yeah, exactly. That ending could have been like, look, there's never going to be the greatest wizard of all time, even if you think it's Harry. Because Harry says no, because no one can have that much power. We've seen what that can do. The whole lesson is too much power 
power corrupts all, you know, that, that philosophy. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Still, it leaves it open. Definitely. But I think maybe that's what J.K. Rowling didn't want is that that open ending that people could have been like, oh, well, they can still be another one. Which is funny because then she, like, I understand it at the time because there was such a pop culture craze around it. Everybody wanted another one. It was a big deal when it ended. Mm-hmm. But then she came out with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. Which is a play. Which is a play. And then they've done this Pottermore thing, right? And then, mm-hmm. and then you know, giving it hints throughout the whole the whole thing on Twitter. Sometimes now J.K. Rowling will drop and say, hey, did you know I was thinking about doing this? Yeah. Right? So it's like she's still, she's still trying to feed the Harry Potter train, which is okay. Which brings me to my next question, Leslie. We're in a, a world right now where reboots are king when it comes to Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man has been, been rebooted three times now with three different Spider-Mans. Batman has been rebooted so many times with different Batmans. When are we going to see another Harry Potter? I hope never. Why do you say that? It doesn't need to be redone. An example of this, you know, there's many examples, but specifically, you know, you have Lord of the Rings. The first three movies are fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But then you decided to do the reboot in the form of the prequels, which were not as good. And you kind of also have that with the Fantastic Beasts. Again, technically prequels, but they're not as good. Right. Part of the Harry Potter universe. Yeah. But they're not as good. So it's like, don't mess with it. Just leave things be. Let things be kind of a standalone thing. It's going to be timeless no matter what. But, and you also see it with Twilight recently. As the author Stephanie Myers re-released the first Twilight book from Edward's perspective. Edward's perspective. And now I haven't read it yet. I'll probably read it at some point, but I know it, the success around that isn't as big. The hype isn't as big because people's expectations are, you know, so big that if you try to redo it and you fail, it's going to be pretty bad. <laughs> so just mm-hmm. just don't mess with it. It's timeless. It's it's going to be that way. It's really interesting that you say that because I think if they choose to ever reboot it, that it shouldn't be done as movies. It should be done as a television series. That way you can get more character stuff. A la Game of Thrones. Like an an an, an, H, an HBO television, H- okay. television series. It can be a little bit darker. They don't necessarily have to be young kids at the start. Like you can, you can play around with that stuff, right? Where like Harry Potter could be, you know, an 18, 19, 20 year old trying to understand himself as he comes to learn who he is as a person and who he is as a wizard. Mm -hmm. And all along the way he discovers, you know, Ron and Hermione and they go off to Hogwarts and then they do all their different things there but you can spread that out over the course of say like 10 episodes a season and you can do seven seasons of it. Sure. But what if it's bad? 
what if what if this they have this idea of being the tv series and then the tv series the first season isn't good so it gets canceled you don't end up and you call it quits after the first book fair so you're saying i I, I think there's an out there each book would would constitute a season like the the events of the book and then you can get into to into more creative things which i'm sure that that people would would hate on because just look at how game of thrones turned out after they swayed away from the books or or even (laughs) like start with me (laughs) or even like uh, a series like orange is the new black i think really lost its its edge after they started to get away from the source material because the source material and that was just like a tiny tiny short little memoir Mm -hmm. right so i think you could have some problems with that potentially but i think that to expand the Harry Potter world, which is which seems to be what J.K. Rowling really wants to do, mm-hmm. I think that's not a bad thing to do at this point. Yeah, I've never thought of a TV show, but I, I, like with what you're saying, I could probably get on board with that. And like you said, it's been a decade since mm-hmm. anything Harry Potter wise has come out mm-hmm. new, right? Other than you know the play and the fantastic beasts and the right and the fantastic beasts right it's very interesting that way Mm -hmm. don't redo the movies please for the love of god don't redo the movies so are you gonna go on to with the wizarding world now to find your true true uh house i am not oh wow but I think we did a pretty good job summarizing that and discovering what I am. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to go with that. Yeah. And you didn't default to, to Gryffindor. So as, as much as I wanted to, as much as yes. I wanted to, I wonder what dad would say the, the, the world's biggest Harry Potter fan would say about what house he would want to be in. He'd pick Gryffindor for sure. Right. Probably. I'm probably going to call him after this. Cause I want to confirm if he thinks my Dobby is as good as you say it is. Yeah. I'm I'm sure he'll laugh hysterically regardless. Yes. Because that's <laughs> generally speaking uh what dad does. It it doesn't take that much for uh, it dad does to laugh. it does not, that is for sure. You make a funny face and it's like I'm gonna go cry and roll around on the floor about it. It's so true. All right, that wraps up the fourth episode of Pop Culture with Unpopular People. Yay! Thank we made you. It a month. Wow, that's kind of crazy, eh? <laughs> Thank you very, very, very much for listening. Thanks for listening. Over the last little bit. Many, many great more episodes to come, including next week's episode, where we are going to talk about the Spy Kids franchise. Oh, so soon we're talking about that. So stay tuned for that one. Yes, so exciting. Thanks very much. We'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.